0: superheroes answer the call to action while villains lurk in the shadows. Will heroines like Candy Crush, Foxy Fierce, and Leia Makoa succeed in their fight for justice, or will evil prevail? The next evolution of Women of Wrestling begins now. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. And the WWE Championship. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. For the AWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling with your host, Mr. Green, and welcome to another edition. And did you get the chance to see, or more importantly, I guess, did it air in your area, the season premiere of WOW, the all new revamped, revamped, reboot of WOW Women of Wrestling? And I say that because what this is the this is the third go round. Although looks good, but you know when does it not look good? WoW, generally speaking, has always had a pretty strong visual flavor to it, uh, particularly since coming back. So you know I, I don't think that's going to be any real uh, shock that it comes up looking okay. Um. Some time ago, I want to say about a week back as of me recording this broadcast, I put a, not a poll, um, I put a post up on Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channels stating the channels that I have personally found to be airing the WOW program. Now again, and I said this on a couple of occasions preceding that, uh, By and large, it's the same time slot in most areas, but there are a few that vary. I mean, typically it's about 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, but there have been other instances of the air net 12, 1 o'clock. So you have to check your local times, and you know, I, I, I tried to make that clear to everybody who was asking or leaving a message, or do you know if it's Aaron here, or do you know is Aaron there? Because <clears throat> apparently, the WoW hasn't responded to them, I assume. So that's it, you have, to, you have to look at your local listings. I do, again, have a set of listings uh, that I was able to post. Um, a lot of that came from people that I knew from the TV business that worked inside of the CBS locations. So I was getting some first hand information from the playlist about where it was going to be running, at least within that uh, station or the, the uh, location that runs a bunch of different stations across the country. So it just, it just so happens that that kind of fell into my lap that I knew the people that actually are in the CBS hub. So uh Bravo for me for that. (laughs) Um, I I also need to point out, and I've said this as well in a previous uh, broadcast, there are a few WOW talents out there who are incorrectly stating that I will be on CBS. Watch WOW on CBS. We will be airing on CBS. Uh, And I... (laughs) I I know what they're doing. They're probably looking at the fact that Wild was picked up by Viacom CBS, which is not CBS the network. Okay, Viacom CBS is the overall parenting company. And CBS the network is what we see on you know your your broadcast stations across the country, which air stuff like NCIS and the equalizer and so on and so forth. But that is what I call CBS proper. Okay And they have been incorrectly Telling people that Yeah just watch me on CBS Okay no Wow And this is not a knock to wow It's just I'm clarifying the situation For those persons And you can They're probably very easy to find Because a lot of them Put it on their social media And put it on Instagram And stuff like that So I just want to correct this And without calling any names It is not on CBS It is not on CBS proper It is on CBS-affiliated stations, all right? Which means there are some independent networks across the country that do have some ties, however loose, to the CBS uh, Viacom family, and they pick up a lot of syndication and things like that from them. Those are the places that will be airing Wow, Also the CW because the CW falls under the ownership of Viacom CBS. So a lot of that stuff has been shifted either towards a CW network. So if you're not sure where you can find it, you would probably need to look up your local CW uh, network and or your local independent television station. If it's going to air anywhere, it's going to air through one of those means. Although, I don't think that that probably really makes that much of a difference because I think they're going to, uh, well, I, I want to say probably within uh, two days of it airing, I think it may pop up online. I, I, I have to wait and see, but I think that they're, they're shooting it over to like their YouTube and uh, possibly Pluto and the CW app because it, it is, again, it is listed as part of their lineup. So. Uh, I will check into that. I'll look into it Monday. I'll see if it if it if it's air and if it's something you can find. But anyway, the the um the show has aired. We are now into the next, 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 next version of WoW. And let's get into the interview. I mean the interview. Let's get to the review of, of the product here. And if you would leave your comment. What did you did you like it? Was it interesting? Did you did you find the wrestling fine? Did you find the uh, matches okay? The personalities, however you want to do it, did 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 his lapse in and continuity get to you like it did to me? Because I hate it. That's, I mean, not the matches, but the Well, let's go ahead and say it. The continuity is the shit. There ain't no nice way to say that. Normally, I don't cuss on here, but the Wild's continuity is the shits. and I hope somebody in Wild hears that, so that it can at least get back to somebody's like, stop ignoring stuff, at least address it. Give it, give it the five seconds that it takes to be like, all right, look, we're we're not giving so and so the belt, we're going back and this and this is going to be the official match to determine the undisputed champion and move on. How, how long does that take? Nothing. Anyhow, uh, I didn't want to start dragging on WoW already. So anyway, let's, let's go to the show. It starts off with an opening video, which I guess could be taken one or two ways. It either is revisionist history from WoW As they kind of slot themselves into just WoW is picking up the mantle and the torch for all women's sports across the world and this, that, and the other. Or it is just doing what WoW kind of does and just ignoring what is convenient to ignore. As they start off like seven years ago when I know WoW officially began in, what, 2000? That's a little bit more than seven years ago. I'm recording this in 2022. It's late 2022, but it's still 2022. That's 22 years. But it doesn't sound as good to say that, well, you know, in 20 years ago, we did it. You know, we started this company when there's not a lot of traction over the majority of that 22 years. So I can understand why they would do that. But I still am a firm believer in you made the you made the content you made the stuff 20 years ago yes wow disappeared for 12 years but you know that's part of the story of the company i mean it, you can't turn away from it it's part of the story of the company and if anything if i'm writing that story at this point i'm making that part of the the, the redemption we went wow went away it went under it, it, you know it, it the world wasn't ready for this when we Decided to give it to you. We were pioneers I mean there's a, Probably a thousand ways To make The failure of WOW In that time frame Come off as Ahead of its time 20 years too soon You know Whatever However you want to phrase it, it, it There's ways to to Put that out there To the public Like okay look It tried And and now we're, we're Bringing it back The world finally Caught up to our vision Or whatever the, You know However you want to put it but this video starts off with that and it starts off with like seven years ago and it starts showing clips of WoW and, it, and, it, and essentially the set its importance, like I said, in the women's sports. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I like... How do I want to say this? Uh, I like that they are definitely in control of their narrative because every wrestling company does it. Every wrestling company's job, essentially, is to set the narrative of the promotion. And WOW has chosen this narrative. WOW has chosen that we are the narrative of we are the flag bearers, or at least one of the flag bearers of women's athletics. Not just women's wrestling, but women's athletics. And in that regard, I, you know, I say bravo to WOW. Because it works. You know, there's not much that can really stand up and oppose that. There's not many people or companies or promotions, basketball, football, boxing, otherwise that's going to turn around and say, no, you're not the flag bearer. We are no, nobody's going to do that. So it works. Their narrative works for them. And I'm sure as much as they pitch that narrative to their viewing audience, their viewing audience will buy into it. Um, it's not any different than what Vince McMahon does. Oh, or uh, I shouldn't say that present tense. Vince McMahon did past tense with what I'm just tripping over myself with the WWE. You know, they the WWE has a narrative that they like to pitch to its viewers, especially its casual viewers. They like to tell this this fantastic story that well, without Vince McMahon, you know, wrestling would still be in armories and bars and, and smoky auditoriums and this, that, and the other, which is complete crap. That is not true, you know, but it sounds good for them to make it sound like this super genius came along, and if he didn't come, then wrestling wouldn't be nearly what it was. Well, all of that's false. You can go back and look at any match from the AWA when they had one of their super shows, you can look at any match from Memphis in the Memphis Coliseum. You can look at WCCW, World Class, in Texas, and see them at a stadium. These are all things that took place before WrestleMania came around. So, no, Vince McMahon was not responsible for taking it out of that. But the point being is that they created their narrative and they stick to it. So much to the fact that people that's at that company they believe it. <laughs> so... So that's the only thing. If you're a wrestling fan that's out there, it's fine. Absorb the narrative. Is, is, is cool. It's their story. So anyhow, the video ultimately is there to create a reset of wow all over again. Uh, it goes to David McLean opening the show, which is what he always does. Um <laughs> I wish I had done this ahead of time. Oh, I wish I had thought to do this ahead of time. I, I had a, created a list. Somebody asked me, well, if you were doing it, what would you, uh, what would you do? I, I created a, a list of, of, of things that I felt like, well, you know, if you're trying to reset it and, you know, do a a, a big reset to really show the difference between the while wow then and the while wow now, um, one of those things for me would have been changing that. I know it's Dave McClain's baby. I mean, I get it, and I'm sure he's gonna always have some connective tissue to it, whether that be a, as an on-air talent or not. But truthfully, I mean, uh, I'm not. A, I've never been a fan of the three-person booth. So one of those things that I've written down, and I might just go ahead and do produce this video anyway, is I would remove Dave McClain from that, like. His vision doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to be sitting ringside to instill the vision of it. Steven Dickey and AJ Mendez would be enough. You know, Dickey has done this long enough to where I'm sure he understands what David McClain would want out of his broadcast. And you brought in Mendez, I mean, and I know if she's going to be there as a commentator. Get your money's worth out of her being there as a commentator. Let let her really shine. And this hard to do when you're jockeying between two other people. So that would have been one of the first things. Though, like, you know, the old oh, welcome to you know, get somebody else, to, you know, let the ring announcer do that. They got a new ring announcer. Let her do the the whole spiel, welcome to wow, and have your two broadcasts. But you know, that that's not a here, no there. That that's fantasy booking. So anyway. Uh, we see the the announced team of Steven Dickey and AJ Mendez, but what I was really kind of disappointed about is that they didn't give any sort of special buildup or introduction to her. I mean, it's, it's AJ. I mean, for a lot of you people out there, it's AJ Lee from WWE, former Divas Champion. She hasn't been in the wrestling sphere for about seven years, I think, somewhere along those lines. This is a perfect opportunity. Now, I will say this. Them not doing anything on week one with her is not a big deal because you can't advertise, hey, we got to interview with her. But if they don't have within the course of this season, some sit-down interview with her because that would have been the first thing I would have been doing. They're like it, it, Episode one, somewhere in that, I would have had the advertisement that and for the first time, fans – and seven years she sits down and talks about her life, her career, her wrestling, why she walked away from it, why she came back. That would have been the thing. And I would I would have probably built up to that for two or three weeks. Because I know that there's wrestling fans out there that want to hear it. And it doesn't have to be a shoot interview, but it just needs to be real. And I if I do not see while doing that, I would be vastly disappointed. I know that they're going to try to treat everybody else in there like they're the stars, and they are. You know, they're the stars of the show. But, you know, use every tool that's in your tool belt. And right now, one of the biggest tools that you have is A.J. Mendez. She's one of the biggest names that Y has ever had, ever, in the 20 years that it existed. She's She's probably the single biggest name that has ever walked through those doors. And I cannot imagine in any realm of logic why you would not use that. The introduction with Dave McClain also leads itself off to the opening of another tag team tournament. Surprise, surprise. This is the third tag tag team tournament that exists for a while I think oh boy I I knew that that this was going to happen and again this is the reason why I wish I got my last review out there a little bit sooner than I did I was having some some uh uploading issues but one of the things I was asking about within that podcast is like okay we just watched the entirety of the unaired season How much of this uned season is going to be completely dismissed and ignored? And sure enough, you got two major plot lines, possibly three, that are just going to be completely done away with and ignored altogether. That's why I started off with this saying that their continuity is the – I'm not going to cuss again because I have to find where where I'm bleeping these. But their continuity is terrible. It is terrible. As much good as I can say about that, there's the bad like that. The continuity sucks. So we got another tag team tournament. Why do we have another tag team tournament? Well, you can listen to the full review on the the last episode, the uh, unaired episode 32 season finale. But the long and short of it is, is that A, I said that it's very unlikely that Fire and Adrenaline are going to return because they kind of got their boots on with uh, AEW right now. But B, they didn't even carry the championship. They lost it on the last episode. Well, the uh, second to last episode, I believe. Somewhere between 30 and 32. So one of the last three. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they lost it to the – The then-known Dixie Darlings, which I didn't like the name because, you know, and all that Dixie nonsense, and Jesse Jones. Those were the persons that they lost to because it was kind of like a free bird rule. Any two of the three could get into the match. And they won the titles. They were officially announced as the champions. Regardless of whether they cheated or not, they officially won the belts. And they left. And all we were left with based on that was, well, Fire Adrenaline, you guys deserve a rematch, and we'll get it to you as soon as possible. Well, that ain't happened, and it's not going to happen. And then the Darlings, according to their uh, message back to me, are not affiliated with WOW currently. So now they're not in the picture. All four members who were part of that, you know, with the exception of Jones, I should say because she's the fifth, All four members that were a part of that tag team championship scene are no longer there. So now we're back to this. Another tag team tournament. We got to start from scratch, go all season long, and let me guess, probably episode second from the last, they'll, they'll finally have a winner, and then the major championship will turn on the final episode. We'll see if I'm right. So we get this, and we start off with the Tonga Twins, who are a new team to the, the company. Uh, and Chanchilla Chella and Randy Ra Ra. Randy Ra Ra, who is not the original Randy Ra from, wow, 20 years ago, just another Randy Ra Ra cheerleader who's sharing the same name for some unknown reason. And with Chanchilla Chella, who I, I, I wish they'd just let her use her real name. Or give her another one. Well, I shouldn't say real name. Her her working name outside of, wow. That is just Ray Lynn. You know? Just that that being named after a popular event is just... You know, that'd be like me having a wrestler coming out in leader and calling it Oktoberfest. It's just stupid. So, not to go and review the entirety of the match... The Twins did fine, like, assumably, for one of their probably first uh, re- real wrestling outings. But um, the ref makes little to no effort to even attempt to make this look like this. I'm trying to maintain rules. I mean, they they all over the place in this. They're back and forth. He's not doing any counting. He's just standing there like an idiot, watching them run back and forth, beat each other up. And then the Twins win the opening round of the tag team tournament by catching Randy Rrahra in a Samoan drop. Boom! One, two, three, middle of the ring. Uh, nothing really horrible here, but it does go back to an old wild trope. But I guess in this instance, it would be unavoidable. That wild trope being, if you're debuting with the company and they give you a whole lot of you know buildup, chances are you going out there and losing. <laughs> so, they didn't give either one of these teams a whole lot of buildup, but three of the four were debuting. So, I was like, all right, well, somebody got to lose. And not only did Randy, you know, the team of Chella and Rara lose, but Rara took the fall, the one that is the, the introductee into Wow's sphere. So I'm going to make a guess that her trajectory in this company is going to be a pretty low orbit. They've already determined that Chella is not going to do much of anything either. Almost every time you've seen her, she's been in a tag team match and been on the losing end of that tag team match. And I don't expect it to get any better. Uh, So we move on. Um, We go to a sit-down interview with Candy Crush. Candy Crush, who is or was a boxer uh, by trade, is now sitting there explaining her life and her boxing history. Uh this is this is good. I mean uh you can never go against what they do with the building of their um video packages. The editors, the, the persons that shoot it and, and create all these things, they, they, generally speaking, are very good at what they do. Um, it is easily digestible. It's not like it went all over the page and that you can't understand what she's talking about. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of that that is designed to make you feel for her. Um, you know, the loss of uh, I want to say it was her grandmother and the boxing gloves that she gave her, you know, going out there into the world. Uh, you know, I, I did look up her actual name, I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but uh, she has a pretty short boxing career. I want to say that is. When I looked it up online, I, I want to say it's 2-0. and oh. She she did go into boxing, and she, and she won, but I don't think she continued on with it. So uh, and I have to go back and check and see if that is the updated version. But the, the boxing uh, record that I saw under her real name, and I wish I had brought the paper with me, you know, and uh, I may mean, I have to just pause this. And go up there and get it Let's me let let's do this and Through the magic of video or audio editing It'll only take a second And I'm back See? Instant uh, Amberlee Sugar Shaw Is her name That's what I I couldn't remember that But Amberly Amberlee Shaw Amberly Sugar Shaw Which I guess Now that I'm saying that out loud Probably lends itself to the name Candy Crush Although I probably wouldn't have picked that especially with it being some video game that most people recognize. <laughs> you know, a downloaded mobile game. like that, that sounds like that's just waiting for a lawsuit from, <laughs> from Candy Crush. Like, you don't use that unless we tell you to use it. So, yeah, that would just been me as they pick something else. <laughs> pick something, I don't even, even want to be in the same sphere as something that that popular or that earned that kind of money built on the name. So, no, get get another name. She should have just kept Sugar Shaw, really. Just drop Amberly and go by Sugar Shaw. It would have been fine. But it's not cartoony enough. <laughs> Sugar Shaw sounds like a fighter. It, it doesn't sound as cartoony as Candy Crush, so it doesn't fit into the wild narrative. Uh, she was a bantamweight, deb- debuted in boxing in 2018, and as, as far as I can tell, like I said, has a 2-0 record, so she never lost as far as this particular website was concerned. And she's also listed as an actress and has about 12 movies, TV shows, slash appearances underneath her her name. So, this is all pretty, you know, I won't say standard for her, but it, it probably lends into her wheelhouse to be part of this whole thing. Uh, the video is very good. That ultimately what it comes down to. The video is very good. Uh, and this... Leads over into Candy Crush versus Coach Campanelli. This one was a shock to me somewhat. The only reason that it didn't come off as a complete and total shock is because they put a lot of, of her walking around doing the press and, and whatnot. And I couldn't imagine it was like that. You would stick this kind of... Uh, flag on top of one of your your persons and had them lose on the first day, even though it's it's not beyond the realm of reality. Uh, She wins against Coach Campanelli, who I don't know anything about. They didn't have any uh, pre-match interview or something like that, other than that she fancies herself a coach. I mean, they had some vignette where she walks into Candy Crush's Locker room while she's punching And she says some little loose handed You know remark about ah, If you punch like that you're going to lose Or you know, something We don't know what she's the coach of She's just the coach And she has a whistle So I don't know Uh The match ended when Candy Crush Knocks the coach out with a super Well I'll rename it To a super woman punch Runs across the ring Bam right across the jaw One two three Then we, we move on So Again, much like I said in the tag team match, somebody's got to lose here. So you can't really get onto the wow trope of, hey, if you're debuting, you're going to lose because they're both debuting and one of them had to lose. So no no big issue there. Uh, we go then to a Miami Sweet Heat vignette. You're introducing the tag team. Uh, some of you out there will recognize them as the Go Hard Twins especially those of you that have followed on the independent circuits in Florida. I believe they, last I was told, won the WXW uh, Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, I know that <laughs> one of the people that, uh, <laughs> that was on my uh, the WPN's Facebook page wasn't really a big fan of, that, of them. But I think that he was watching uh, them in a very rookie, rookie era. And uh, I told him, look, you got to give them a chance to get better. Give them a chance to train and get out there and wrestle and, and work the circuit. And I have faith in them because of that. I have faith in the Go Hard Twins largely because they continue to wrestle. Now, I hope. That they don't fall into this thing of once you get onto Wow, that people just decide like, well, I'm not taking any more independent bookings. I'm only doing Wow. Uh, I hope that they continue to take the bookings elsewhere, also, because it's only gonna. This is me being a broken record. I said it on multiple podcasts. I will continue to trumpet this this uh, logic that is only going to make you better. And I think that for them. The more persons that they're in the ring with that are non-wow contracted players, and I'm not even sure why it's contract, but that are, you know, just non-wow wrestlers, the better they'll be. It'll save them or they can at least learn how to do things on the fly rather than playing the entire match out. They can learn different audiences, they can learn different styles, they can learn, you know, the regions, how people take them a little differently. All of that stuff is part of the journeyman process, or so I guess in this case, the journeywoman process. You go from one town to the next, one promotion to the next. You know, some promotions are are terrible. Some promotions are great, and, but they'll probably get a learning process off of all of them. So, I, so I'm looking forward forward to Miami Sweet Heat. Uh, they, if anybody looks like they were made to be on that show, it's probably them, <laughs> you know. You know, from one sunshine state to another. So uh, I got my eyes out for them. Uh, Then we go to another vignette. I didn't write down my segment numbers like I normally would because I was in the middle of working as I was watching this. Uh, BK Rhythm. She gets introduced and uh, introduces her and her will of being part of the wrestling slash rapping Again, you cannot go wrong with what they do as far as their video packages are concerned. Looks fantastic. It made her come off like a legitimate star and it was a and it was a big drastic uh shift in tone from what you got with Candy Crush, which was more personal, more this is my life. This is what i my new love. And I'm trying to make this wrestling thing work. I mean, of course that's not verbatim, but you get the point. To um, BK Rhythm, which was a little bit more upbeat. And and, you know, it just it's like this high gloss feel when you look at it on the screen. Um everything about this is fine. The only thing and even the setting. I love that they put her in it. I mean, I'm sure they just say, hey, look, let, let us use the studio for a little while so we can get this thing shot. Uh, and it looked great that she was in the studio and doing this, you know, her her deal. Although she probably would not be in the studio on her own if she if she was really trying to cut a, a song together. She would have a producer in there doing that for her. Um the only thing that I had I I don't want to say it's an issue. Cause it's not that big of a thing. It's it's just a small note. If you're going to have persons like a BK Rhythm who are going to be attached to rapping slash hip hop, I would have liked, A, because she did do somewhat of a freestyle there. I would have liked to have some people who actually do that, not just rap it, but you know, actually do acapella freestyles and produce the music be on hand with that. I mean, like some people within her region because hip hop is, is much like wrestling and it is not a one size fits all. I know there's some people out there like, oh yeah, it's rap. No, this there, is the same thing that people say about It's just wrestling. No, that, that wrestling kind of breaks down into his different regions and styles and so on and so forth. Hip hop is the same way. It breaks down into his regions and his styles and, I would have liked to, I mean, and I, I'm just going off of what I saw because based on that, I, my money is that they just got somebody to do it rather than somebody who's good for her. She needed to have somebody who could help embrace her style and make it come off the best that it can be rather than just a generic hip-hop float. The better that they present her as somebody who has a unique style of her own and find the tracks, the beats, the rhythm, the pace that works for a BK Rhythm, it's only going to make her look that much sharper. She says she's from Louisiana. That alone puts me in the mindset of, you know, the people that come out of Louisiana, you you got the hot boys, you had No Limit Soldiers, you had, you know, uh, cash money. That right there is a whole different style than what you get out of New York or what you get out on the West Coast with Too Short and Snoop and whatnot, or down south with the Miami bass music. You know, all of that's different. So it would have been good if they had somebody that could get in there and pull out that Louisiana style for her and really let her flow. If I'm there, I'm, I'm producing this thing for a day. And I'm getting her on a microphone. I'm getting her with somebody who who does this for a living. That's all they know. They don't, even, they don't even be concerned about the wrestling. Your job is to make her come off like a star rapper. That's it. Because if I could get that out of her, I know that I can get her out someplace else. And she's, let's be fair, she's going to have a hard mountain to climb if they ever decide to shoot her around the circuit like they did John Cena. Because they they railed into that dude when he showed up on hot and this that and the other, he had to always win people over, and that's what I would want out of her. She get her to the point where she can win people over based on her talent alone. Forget what she looks like, win them over. So that that's just that's a side note. Like I said, that's not that big of a deal and it's not that important. It's just something that comes out of me because look, I, I'm into hip hop. So if I have somebody that's on there, my roster that's doing that, and I want her to be as good at it as she could possibly be. I think about, you know, when I saw a method man show up on hot and he just cut this amazing freestyle out of the blue. No beat, no nothing. Just boom. And he killed it. That's what I would be wanting out of her. And, you know, she she's gotta, you know, pull up her pace or whatever it is that that gets her. Into her flow But if they can do that I think that they got A star on their hands Unfortunately uh, BK Rhythm Versus Vivian Riviera And despite the big star treatment That they gave her She lost Uh, Not what I would have done But you know Somebody's gotta win Somebody's gotta lose and I said in some prior podcasts, just because you're debuting does not guarantee you a win. That much is true. And and being that this is all new, what can you really say? I just hope that this loss is not the loss that defines her and that she is able to go forward and make people forget about it. That would be the the thing that I would aim for with that. But um, the other thing is, is that, Aside from the fact that Vivian Riviera was talked about as like she's a fan of Eddie Guerrero and this that and the other, I really don't remember all that much about it. It's like they, they gave all this build up to BK Rhythm for her to go out and lose. I really did not get anything from anything from Riviera, other than I remember her name is Riviera. So, so that's about it. So we move on. Nothing nothing really special there. The next thing is the setup for the main event. Is the setup for the beast. I said it twice already. Can't can't go wrong here. Looks like it is uh, a big setup for her. Looks great, with the exception of they had her hooked up to a train. Like she's got some chains and she's got it on a, a train car, and it it just didn't look like it was real. It Looked like it was she was pulling a CGI version of the, of the train. I shouldn't say the train itself, but like the connection between the chains and the train. It just—it didn't look like it was—it was a legitimate thing. If I want to have the beast out there doing test of strings, a test of strength, then I want to apply the magician rule. The magician rule is basically I need you to see it, and I need you to see it without, even though I might be faking it to you, and I am doing a sleight of hand or I'm doing stuff like that. The rule is, I need you to see it so that you convince yourself that this is working, and you convince yourself that this is real. If I cut back and forth from a close-up to her with the chain to a close-up of the train suddenly—I mean, the train car suddenly moving—and I got a wide shot where you really can't see if it's moving or not, but then you know is magically doing so in all the close-ups. That leaves room for me to poke the holes in it. I know that they produce this for television and the television drama, but it is still wrestling and it does have wrestling rules to kind of abide by. I want for the audience, again, magician rules. I'm going to do this in front of your face. I'm going to ask you to examine this. I want you to look at this from top to bottom, from left to right. And even though you know that I might be tricking you, you leave questioning where was the trick. That's what I would, I was like, shoot it like that. Even if the, the last fraction of that train was off the screen and they got three or four people pushing it or whatever, I just need you to have a little bit of doubt. Like, holy crap, that woman's strong. Here, it, it was produced well and she looks Fantastic. I can definitely understand why they, you know, attach their their uh, wagons to her as far as somebody that they think they can make a star. Because she looks like, you know, she has star potential. She has a, a, a physique that is amazing. Uh, but I but I do want people to question. I want them to legitimately believe that, man, that woman is just bionic or something, you know. Um uh, one other note, and this is just for the overall show, um, and this just may be my video-slash-editor eye. I don't know if anybody else saw it. But there's portions of the show that look like it's produced on either two different video formats or two different frame rates. Like, there's times when it looks very glossy and high-end and a lot of light and a lot of color and stuff like that. And then there's times... Where it seemingly reverts to like film, I mean, I know they're not shooting it on film, but it's like the frame rate changed and is it has a uh, not totally desaturated look, but a little bit of desaturation. Again, I don't expect the average person to see that, so this is not part of the critique. I just thought that I, I you know, as I saw it, I need to bring it up. Uh, and again, it's probably just me because you know I, I I do times see things like that with with television shows, and this is just one of those times. It's like they they cut to something like, why does that look so different to me? And it does. So if you happen to see it, particularly during the Beast and the Gambino match, let me know because you know it's just my eyes or you know somebody else. <clears throat> so we are going towards the main event where the Beast is the champion. Now, this goes back to what I said at the beginning of this video. This completely ignores the loss to Tessa Blanchard. Now, I can go ahead and say it because it was shot two years ago, and if you hadn't seen it by now, it is on their unaired stuff. It's not like they're trying to hide it, and they didn't acknowledge it. Their, Their lies the problem. It's not that the Beast is still the champion. It's not that they even have to go into a tag team tournament. It's just that it's just, let's just do it. And without any explanation, let's just do it. You know, let's not come out here and say, well, this took place. or Even if they took a video and stuck it on their YouTube channel and said, well, for those that are questioning why this is happening, go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook page. They could have said that on the air (laughs) and people would have gone just to hear the explanation. But To just jump into this without any rhyme or reason, the explanation as to what took place, to something that they told people all summer to watch and still had the footage up there for you to look at, it just bothers me. And it goes back to the continuity is terrible. So to recap, Tessa Blanchard, Won against the Beast and what was a pretty strong match. Uh, the final episode of Wild's unaired season. Again, full review available. <sighs> Within that match, she used both brass knuckles, well, a roll of quarters, and what we assume to be brass knuckles. And I say assumed to be brass knuckles because they never got a camera shot of it. They never really showed it. They, ne- they they did say, hey, she hit her with something, but we never saw what that was. So it ends with Tessa Blanchard being announced as the champion and Tessa Blanchard leaving with the championship belt. Now, that's one side of it. The other side, I will fully defend the wildness wow this in that they probably had, little choice and the reason now i don't know that to be a fact but they probably had very little choice at least in terms of what they might have started off with with uh blanchard because if if i'm a betting man this is what i'm guessing would happen and, and again this i cannot prove i do not know this to be a fact so just this is just my assumption if they decide to come back to WoW, picking up where they left off. <laughs> I can imagine that they probably did the thing with the tag team tournament anyway because the 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 other twins, the Dixie twins, God, I hate that name, uh, didn't come back. Tessa did come back initially, and then we start getting the uh, rumors about her being a bad egg behind the scenes and all that good stuff. And so she's no longer affiliated with the company. <clears throat> what might have happened is that they may have had a match or they may have had an angle or they may have had a storyline where they were going to address that. But with Tessa not there, they have to work around that. Which by the time they get to the second table, somebody probably just, I just put the belt on the beast and let her go back out there and forget it. Without explaining it. Now that's one theory. I don't know that to be true. You know, that that's just my best guess. But I would I would have rathered that they did this. And I know they do these marathon tapings, so when something like that happens, it's probably very difficult to go back and fix. So this is what I would have pitched, assuming that all the dominoes are in place. We have the beast. Come out onto the show. Point out the fact, hey, look, you seen me. I've gone through this this roster, this locker room. I'm not afraid of anybody that's that WoW has. I wrestled against Blanchard for the championship, and it took two things, you know, it took uh the ref being down, it took a roll of quarters, it took brass knuckles and a, a diamond DDT, you know, not necessarily in that order, to pin me. But you can see that that was you know all the things that she did. It wasn't fair, and I want my rematch. You have that, and then just go to you know Dave McClain. All right, well look, you do deserve it, and I'm going to I'm going to slot you as the number one contender, and I will send out the message to to Tesla Blanchard. Uh, well, and he didn't even have to use the name if he didn't want to, to our former to our yeah former champion to bring the belt back. And when she gets here, y'all have one more match to uh, settle this out. Then you go to the next episode. By refusal of coming to the show and wanting to defend the title, by claiming that she you know, did everything completely fair, and even though we have it on camera saying otherwise, and not even wanting to go through the time, effort, and measure to respond publicly to the wild audience. I have no choice to strip of the championship and furthermore the main event for the night is going to be the beast and whomever signs her open challenge because I have to make it open challenge just to fit the narrative of this person uh coming in and wrestling for the championship bam boom two weeks I'm done it explains it and it moves it on that that's where I would have gone with that and she could go back up and she can and, and you can pick it right back up. Where it left off. That that would be one way out. And I would have done something similar with the tag team cha- championships because I wouldn't want to go through another damn tournament. It's Like, how many times are we going to do this? Every time it, it goes into a season that's off air, we got to start with another tournament. They need a different solution. Because what's going to happen if it ends this season and the, and the tag team champions get another job? You're going to go through another tournament again. You can't solve this by doing a new tournament every time it comes back off of a break, regardless of how long that break is. And this is what gets introduced to them when they keep taking these hiatuses. It is not Friends or Abbott Elementary or Cheers or Quantum Leap. It is not one of these TV shows that gets to take a season and things don't happen. It's wrestling. Wrestling is an all-year-round sport. Not fair, but it's an all-year-round sport. I will refer to it as a sport in this instance. And because of that, you get less things to go wrong. But when you do have these three months off, four, five, six, a year, two years, two and a half, yeah, people have to move on. And they have to do other things. Sometimes they get dropped. And if there's one thing I've learned about WoW, I mean, yeah, I know they do it for the greater good of the show, but, you know, let's let make no mistakes about it. For those who are fiercely loyal to the brand, WoW has no problem cutting bait. You know, when it comes to the the greater good of the program, and, you know, I guess it has to be that way. You know, that that's just the way business goes. But uh, they, they need to understand that uh, that works both ways. Wild wow can cut bait on people just as easy as that, and those people can cut bait on wild just as easy as that when something else comes along. So that being the case, stop with the tournaments. Find a way to get around that. They had a way around it. Jesse Jones is still there. She could have walked around with two belts on her shoulders for the next couple of months swearing that I am the singular tag team champion and I can pick anybody I want. And that, if you wanted to take it all season long, give her about a good – Six, seven episodes of Jesse Jones has been trying to avoid tag team championship defenses. Have her defend the titles on her own. Leave, walk out, take countouts, disqualify, do whatever she has to do to, to hold on to the belts while she's trying to find her perfect tag team partner. That's a bunch of TV right there. But the tag team tournament reset all the time. Just, that is just It just feels like it's happening too much. Anyhow... <coughs> And I'm sorry, my, you know, all this talking just wrecked my throat. I had to take some water. So we go to the main event. Adriana Gambino versus the Beast, who the show description listed as the number one contender. I don't know why they would have done that, other than they can assume that people weren't paying attention to the show. Adriana Gambino debuted in the unaired edition of WoW to a losing fall to Steffi Slays, Which is why I said that if I were going to rewrite this, it would have had to be an open contract to justify why Adriana Gambino gets a title shot to begin with. I mean, because the you could you could Justify the Beast won an open contract. Like, I don't care who you put in the ring. As a matter of fact, here, I'm going to sign my name on this contract. The first person to put their name on it, that's my victim. Bring them out, they get a title shot. End of story. But to try to convince me that Adriana Gambino was the number one contender when the first match she had was a loss against Steffi Slays uh, makes it hard for me to believe. So, (sighs) she comes out. This is a glorified squash with the addition, with the exception of Gambino getting a move in, you know, here and there is more or less a showcase for the bees. The bees wins. Bees bomb one, two, three. Yay. She gets it. And then she's attacked from behind by venomous who is no longer going by venomous. I forget what Sienna. Del Del Rey's. I don't have the paper in front of me. So, As far as this review is concerned, I'm going to call her Venomous right now until I can find her name listed, written down. matter of fact, I think I do have it written. There we go. Reyna Del Rey is her new name. And this is what I was talking about the last time is that she, when she was Venomous and she had to match with the Beast, should have been presented as the one true threat that the Beast can come up against. And I'd have built to that. I would have wanted the Beast to go through as many other smaller opponents as I can in line of getting Del Rey the championship match. Hopefully with Lopez in her corner. So she comes out. As the Beast is celebrating, gives her a belly to back suplex, slams her down, leaves the ring. Beast pulls herself back together. Holy crap. We got uh, another contender or, you know, Beast's attack, blah, blah, blah. And we go off the air. Not a bad opening show, but again, my issues and concerns are the amount of things that they revise and or ignore. Because I know that revision and the ignoring of the things only come along when it's basically pretty convenient to do. And... Them saying that they started this journey seven years ago was a a point of, it's convenient. It's convenient to ignore that we started up in 2000. Ignoring that uh, Tessa Blanchard was the last seen champion is a convenience. Ignoring that the Dixie Darlings and Jesse Jones won the tag team titles is a convenience. And they move on and they just start all over. Because you can't do one without the other. Either you're going to do a full-on reboot, which means the beast shouldn't be the champion, or you continue on with the stuff that you have, which means that Jesse Jones should have a tag team championship. But you you shouldn't be able to do both. You got to do one or the other. Pick the path that you're going to take and stick with it. The championship history of WoW is very muddy. One of my uh, edicts, if I had the chance to do it, was we need to make WoW's championship history. We need to clean that up. We need to get whatever it takes to move this thing along to where it makes sense and that it does reflect the narrative that we're saying with without so many holes to poke in it. Because as it stands right now with them going along with this, oh, wow, this championship is the most prestigious championship in all of women's athletics and sports. It's too many holes I could poke in that. And if I could poke those holes in it, I'm pretty sure the next person could poke holes in it too. <laughs> they barely had the, the uh, championship lineage of a shimmer wrestling, and they have don't have TV. They've been doing it for 20 some years. And their championship list of title holders is like a who's who in the wrestling business now. You can point to that and pretty much say that winning the, the Shimmer Championship allots you the opportunity to go and do other things. Become uh, a champion you know, elsewhere or whatever the case may be. I mean, you you could go down the line, you know, Soraya Knight, who we now know as Paige, uh, cheerleader Melissa, who did go to Impact Wrestling for a little while, Mercedes Martinez is the Ring of Honor uh, Women's Champion right now, Kimberly, who went on to Impact also. You know, there there is something to be said for the persons who came into that company, Won the championship and then moved on to what we would call bigger and better things, and you you might be able to say the s say the same thing about uh, some of their tag team wrestlers. Uh, Mercedes was part of that, and uh, <laughs> the Kimber Bombs, both of them went to Impact. Uh, the Queens of Winning, Courtney Rush, Sarah Del Rey, and Del Rey went on to be a trainer in in WWE. I mean, you know that. The names and uh, Mount Tessa, which, you know, they probably want to avoid that now, but you get the point. <laughs> Team Slap Happy, uh, Heidi Lovelace, who was, uh, uh, what was what her name? Ruby, Ruby, uh, I was going to say Riot, but it's not Riot anymore. But you, but you know what I'm saying. I, I just drew a complete blank on her last name. I don't know why. I just, I just, I just did. Ruby Rose. Um. But to get the point, the point is is that they they have more stock in their talent to where they can point to it and say, "Well, they won these championships, and it led them to go do the next thing with their their championship." So, just a, a a little point there, and I think that WoW could do better to to have that to have a championship history of people that they actually made into some level of star rather than they just had a championship and then, all right, well, I'm moving on, going to go sell houses or whatever. So anyway, that's it. That is the uh, review of their first episode back, and we'll see how this thing goes. And finally, I I will end on saying this because (coughs) it was was a comment that I wanted to address when I was in the middle of a podcast uh, the comment was, well, what would I determine as while being successful? Basically, meaning, you know, they're on TV. They, they've they done, you know, X, Y, Z. They they have uh, probably money coming in and all that. And, and all those things are true. So, if you're basing it on their ability to get on television, they've been successful a long time. They've been able to get on TV quite a bit. Um. Them earning money, uh, that's not a shocker to me either. So in the short term, you you would really say they're successful right now. Long term, if, if, which is probably what he meant with me. In, in the long term, what would I determine as Wild being successful? We will know if Wild is successful once they've gone past two seasons. If WoW is able to do that without dropping off the face of the earth, without taking another two- and three-year hiatus, if WoW is able to stay on the air beyond two seasons, because two is the magic number that they hit with Axis TV before they got cut. If they can do that, then I would say they're probably in the route of being successful, or at least successful for WoW. The next hallmark that they would have to make beyond that point is: Do would they actually make somebody a star, opposed to just a wow superhero? Wow does a lot, but a lot of that is in the promotion of the promotion. Like the promotion is more important than the actual persons that's in it. Uh, to to illustrate that point, I'll put it this way. The WWE, their narrative, yes, at this point in time for you younger fans, you can sell WrestleMania just based off of it being WrestleMania. It doesn't really require them to give you a championship match. As long as they announce WrestleMania, it will sell because WrestleMania became more important than the main event or anybody else that's in it. If you go back to its early phases, the first 10 years, you had to have a match that people were willing to pay their money to see. More importantly than that, the person that was around that was Hulk Hogan. Regardless of what people think about him now, Hogan sold tickets. He sold tickets for that place for like the first seven years. Hogan and and, and Mr. T against Piper. and no, no, Hogan against Bundy. Hogan against Andre. Hogan against Andre again. Hogan against Savage. Hogan against Warrior. Hogan against Savage. I mean, uh, Slaughter all those years they had to sell it off of something and someone on the opposite side of that a small company like ECW they made Paul Heyman got to the point where he made ECW more important than anybody in it and made the fans support ECW rather than a singular person there yes they would support their favorite wrestlers in it but ECW became the more important thing Overall, they chanted ECW. That was where that stuff began. People do it now, like, oh, GCW and AEW. You know, they chant that now. But ECW is what started that. They started getting people to chant for the promotion rather than the persons that were in the promotion. They would do it from time to time, of course. But before then, you never heard anybody run around and say WWF, you know, or whatever the case may be, he turned the narrative around. He turned the narrative around to where the promotion was more important than the persons in it. And that's what WOW was essentially doing. WOW has made WOW more important than the persons in it. At least right now they have. And until I see differently, they are going to be more important than the person. So they take any one person there and hitch their wagons onto it and give them the huge superstar push. And I don't know if they've done that yet. The beast is there and the beast is their champion, but we haven't seen the beast become like this megastar or, you know, or even be on the road to being a megastar. And the only other thing that I can say that kind of downplays that is the crowd that they have, because oftentimes that crowd is built up like a TV crowd. Okay, guys, we need you to chant. You know, just a lot of plants in the audience. Let's just go ahead and say it. There's a lot of, lot of plants. So hold this sign up. So they are holding up signs for people that they just saw that day. Like they ain't even, you know, they never seen a rustler a day before in their life. But I'm coming in here with a sign for Adriana Gambino, or I'm coming here for with a sign for BK Rhythm. Like I, I've never seen these people. Why would I be holding up a sign for them, unless they were giving the signs? And then they had them out there chanting "Women of Wrestling." Women, are, you know, like you know, that that does not sound like something that the average person would chant. I could be wrong. Maybe they did start that chant up on their own, but I just doubt it. <laughs> they probably were told to do it, and hope in the hopes that that will catch. So, in any case, yeah, I mean, to to answer that question, those are the things that I think would would need to take place in order for WoW to be viewed as successful in the long term. You know, we're removing the revenue that they're getting. We're removing that. We're, and we're removing the expansion of, of syndication. Because those things on the business end, I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously going to work towards that. They're, they're obviously going to work towards getting more more cash flow coming into the company. They're obviously going to work for expanding the, the syndication both domestically and overseas, <clears throat> which they should. Uh, I don't know how much ev- how much they put into their merchandise. I know one of those episodes is like, and the Psycho Sisters are the highest selling t shirt on pro wrestling Tees. There is no evidence of that. I looked, and I <laughs> I checked, and I contacted, and I did the research. There is absolutely zero evidence that the Psycho Sisters were ever a top seller on pro wrestling tees or anywhere else. So I'm sorry to bust that bubble. But if you're going to tell something like that, at least tell something that's relatively believable. I was like, it's, just say it's a top seller. But a top seller on pro wrestling tees over everything? No. Especially not why they're pushing AEW merchandise. That's not happening. So anyway, <laughs> I'm veering off of the point. The point is, Short-term, cash flow, expansion of, of their network of stations that's running the, the show here and overseas, uh, th- those things are obvious and big big deals for them. But the other side of that, if we're just talking about on a creative end and as far as the public is concerned, uh, get it beyond two seasons and see what kind of star maker ability they have. Those are the two things I think you should keep your eye out for. Those are the two things I think will define what WOW is as a wrestling promotion, if anything. To, to get it past two seasons, and then we could talk about how successful they are, or uh, whether they're going someplace else. And if it doesn't do that, and it's just running off of reruns like they did with the original show, and just send it off everywhere in the world, re, re. Capping and rerunning the same episodes, then it's back the way they started. So, yeah, that that would be the thing that I would I would definitely keep my eye out for. So let, let's watch as if we're having the same conversation in the fall of twenty twenty four, and they are coming back for another run, then they have done something right. If in the fall of twenty twenty four that I'm sitting there saying. Well, they're back on hiatus again. Then (laughs) something went off the rails. So with that, I will end this uh, review. Thank you for tuning in. Let me know if you found it in your area. Again, if you are not aware, I do have a list available on YouTube, the the post section of our channel, uh, on Instagram, on one of those posts, and on Facebook. I have several stations that are listed. I don't have the time slots, but I have a station. So you can look on there and see if, if you happen to be in one of those areas. And if I find out more or if anybody posts more, then I will add it to the list. So with that, folks, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long. And I will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.